It's the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with your host, Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill explores what faith can look like after trauma. Hi, I'm Jill Riley. I am an author and a minister. I am also a trauma survivor and live with complex PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a dissociative disorder. My prayer is that post-traumatic faith will bring you hope and joy in your own journey. Welcome to Post-Traumatic Faith. Today we are honored to have Sue Ann Hickey with us. She is a a wonderful guest that I'm excited to talk to. Sue Ann is a certified naturopath and weight loss specialist. Her passion is in helping her clients heal their ailments naturally, lose weight, and regain their energy and happiness using a personalized body type plan, body typology system for lasting weight loss. So welcome, Sue Ann. Thanks, Jill. Really happy to be here. And whereabouts in the world are you? I'm uh, just west of Montreal in Quebec, in Canada. Okay. And how long have you lived in Quebec? All my life I've lived here besides some trips out west and other places uh, up north of Montreal and things like that, but most of my life in Montreal. Wonderful. Wonderful. I've never been up there. I've heard it's beautiful. I heard the architecture up there is beautiful. We do have the French influence. So yeah, it's kind of a little mini Paris. Uh, Some of the buildings are similar to that. Yes. Well, I'd love to see it someday. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Just let us get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So my passion is really a lot about health, healthy eating, um, healthy lifestyle, but I wasn't always uh, that way. <laughs> Obviously, I had to go through my own uh, challenges to get to this place. And now I just love helping my clients, uh, as you said in my intro, heal their ailments and heal their past trauma. And uh, I'm really passionate about sports. I love biking and skiing and walking in nature. Lovely. And um, so you, uh, do something called um, rapid transformational therapy, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but you're also a naturopath. Tell me, tell me about the journey to becoming a naturopath. Yeah, I guess it really started with my first yoga class uh, way back in 1990. Up until then, I'd been kind of searching and maybe on not the right path. And with my first yoga class, I started um, healing, letting go of my past patterns, uh, really changing my lifestyle, started working inside and um, taught yoga for 24 years. And towards the end of teaching yoga transitioned into being a naturopath just seemed like a good segue of helping my clients uh, on a on a higher level of healing and eating right, eating healthy. Boy, yoga, the power of yoga is um, pretty amazing. I was first introduced uh, to yoga when I was in a mental hospital, and that was one of the activities that they had us do, and that was my introduction to it and um, really has been uh, instrumental in my own healing. Yes, it completely transformed my life, which is why I became a teacher. (laughs) I really uh, just just loved it from, from day one as well. Right. I'm feeling this morning like I need a little yoga. My body's feeling a little old today. Yes. <laughs> Having trouble rolling out of bed this morning. 
<laughs> so, okay. Well, um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your childhood. We have visited some about, about your childhood and some of the past trauma. And could you just give us a little window into, into that phase of your life? Sure. Yeah. So I guess my, my parents had challenges even before I was born with like the number of kids. My dad wanted more, <laughs> my mom fewer. And, um, <laughs> you know, that combination of them not getting along. My dad started leaving when I was five years old and he left 10 times over many years. So wow. it was very confusing of like, where's daddy? And my mom wanted to protect the younger kids who were a family of five. And uh, so she would tell us that daddy was on a business trip, but that probably somehow didn't equate with him going, being going for three months and coming back for three months. Yeah. So there was a lot of confusion and pain at that time. Um, his uh, drinking. And then finally they split up when I was, um, he got remarried probably when I was 10 or 11. And that's, I didn't even find out from my parents. I found out from a girlfriend that, oh, my dad went to your dad's wedding this weekend. I'm like, what? Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> up until that point, you know, when you're young, you think maybe mommy and daddy will get back together and we'll be a family again. Sure. Um, so, so he left over 10 times before you were 10 years old. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I guess I just, uh, without the outlet of, you know, there was no outlet for the pain and sadness. I just stuffed it all down inside without really realizing it. And then, yeah, he got remarried. The house was sold. We had to move. That was my childhood home. I had to change schools. And so I, everything kind of shut down. And it wasn't until I was 30 that I went to see an, an intuitive. And she said, at that time, you took the decision if I don't let anyone get close to me, they can't hurt me. Mm. And I burst into tears. I'm like, oh my God, that's when shyness came in because I had become so painfully shy, but I never knew why. So that was kind of one of my coping mechanisms of putting big walls around me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, being um, an adult child of an alcoholic, I know comes with um, certain understandings of life and certain sets of life rules on how you're going to govern yourself. One of which for you was to, was to um, hold your emotion and, and hold it all in and keep people at a distance. That was a safety mechanism for you. Are there other things that you can identify that, um, that are kind of byproducts of of that traumatic upbringing? Yeah, definitely. As I got older, um, into late teens, uh, you know, in high school, started smoking a lot of pot and drinking also uh, with my friends through university, thinking it was kind of normal at the time of just the social. But no, <laughs> in retrospect, it was yeah. definitely a way to again, not feel the pain to kind of numb. But at the time, I totally didn't see it at that like that at all. So I went through my own period of a lot of uh, drinking through university. And as I said, smoking pot. And it was really with the yoga when I turned uh, 30, that I started realizing what was going on and that I needed to um, that I became, you know, I started on my healing journey at that time. Mm -hmm. Were you, would you have considered yourself addicted to alcohol? Um, I don't think so, but I worked as a waitress for many, many years. So the whole, 
you know, finish your shift and have a few glasses of wine or beer and maybe go out for a drink after the shift. So um, addiction, it's a good, it's a good question, possibly, because I think addiction is kind of something that moves us away from pain and towards the temporary pleasure. So I wasn't drinking like early in the day, but it was uh, probably four or five days or nights a week, rather. Mm, Okay. Yeah. yeah. So certainly some alcohol, uh, alcohol abuse. Yeah. Okay. Um, What did you, what, what other mechanisms do you think that you use to cope with your childhood trauma? Um, Obviously pulling away from people, um, substance, um, substance use. Are there other things that you can identify that uh, were byproducts of that? The really a lack of self-confidence, lack of self-esteem was a Mm. huge role in my life of not having the super encouraging (laughs) parents that told me a lot of, you know, positive things and encouragement. So I stayed waitressing even after I got my degree in French English translation. I felt that I didn't really want to work in that, but I really stayed stuck in not moving forward in my life and staying stuck in, in waitressing and not following, well, any dreams or thinking that I could do something else because of the And then also choosing the wrong kind of guy over and over, Mm. uh, someone that would leave me, (laughs) repeating that pattern, the abandonment pattern over and over and over. (laughs) Interesting. What was your um, mother like after your dad remarried and you had to change homes and everything? What did your home become like? Yeah, she went through quite a few phases um, shortly after him getting married, she had a friend who drank a lot and she went through a period of drinking a lot. So when I was, um, or even earlier, I think when I was eight, seven or eight, she would be, you know, we'd go away for the weekend, but she would be more concentrated on golfing and drinking and having a party. And my brother, my brother closest to me in age, and I were really left on our own Mm -hmm. most of the time. So she did that for a number of years. And then she eventually did meet someone who was wonderful, who she married when I was 16. And then uh, she was, that was a really happy part of her life. So, um, but she said, you know, at the beginning when my dad was coming and going, she could barely hold it together of, you know, how can I keep going forward with five kids between the ages of five and 15 on my own? How overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. What did she do for work? She became a real estate agent is when my dad left. She didn't, she had quit school um, to get married in the sixties and seventies. You know, that was kind of the norm of Mm -hmm. not really following a career and, and uh, being, um, um, having your husband provide all the income and you taking care of the kids. So she went back uh, to get her real estate license and did well after uh, after a few years she did pretty well mm, interesting so as a therapist and naturopath um what do you think are some of the most effective tools that can be used for addressing childhood trauma it's a great question um 
I did my own therapy with a psychologist for a year, which was hugely beneficial for me. I managed to release so much anger and sadness that I had no idea that was inside of me. And it was mostly in between the sessions for myself that I cried and released and raged and was able to let go of a lot of those feelings. So I believe in, in therapy. I believe in in healing tears 100%. I think it's so beneficial for us to cry, to release that that pain and anger and the feelings inside of us. Um, So modalities like that, I did a lot of inner work. I saw intuitives. I did workshops. I have shelf full of or more of self-help books so yoga as i said was really beneficial meditation and now uh, recently i've been trained in rtt rapid transformational therapy which is another way of helping people release the childhood trauma um tell me a little bit about that yeah so we, um, I have my clients, we do an intake session before to look at what they want to work on and go a little bit into their childhood. And then we meet for an hour and a half. I work just by Zoom and we do, it's a whole process. So the first thing we do is to bring the person into a really, really relaxed state so that we can access the subconscious mind. Because if when we're in our conscious mind, we're always thinking and analyzing So we bypass that and going into the subconscious mind, we're able to really tap into the feelings and go back into certain um, memories that they might have that they might be completely unconscious of Mm -hmm. and find out what their triggers were that caused their trauma or whatever challenge they're dealing with now. And we do a process to reframe that, kind of having them see I was five years old when that happened, but I've kept on these behaviors or habits or thought patterns over all these years just because it became familiar. So I'm not five years old anymore. I can release that. I can let go of that and start reframing those beliefs, reframing those thoughts. So we talk them through the whole process. And then at the end, we create a recording, which is about 15 minutes to again, get them into a relaxed state at the beginning and then listening to a recording of um, words and thoughts and feelings of how they want their life to be without this problem, which is using a lot of their words that I gathered in the intake session. So then they listen to this recording for at least 21 to 30 days every day to start like a lot of the work is done during the session and then more work after the session to um, kind of reprogram their thoughts and beliefs. One of my clients said, it's like you took a negative black water wire out of my brain and plugged in a positive white wire. <laughs> so mm. that was a good way of looking at it. So it's just reframing, reframing your thought patterns and putting them on a different track. Yeah. And really there's often a lot of tears during the session. So there's a lot of releasing. They you can see a lot of them at the end of the session, they're like lighter and kind of have had that aha moment, like that's where, you know, it came from, like, and um, yeah, releasing and reframing that way. How is um, 
going into a relaxed state and, and hitting the subconscious and all of that, how is that different or similar than dissociation? I have a dissociative disorder. And so um, a lot of times that relaxed state that, um, that semi-conscious, you know, will, will lead me to dissociation. So how, how is that different? That's a good question, and I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I, I'd have to, I don't know enough about dissociation to be able to compare it with a relaxed state. We do use in um, RTT, rapid transformational therapy, hypnosis. It's so, okay. But people have the wrong idea of hypnosis often. They think they're going to go into this trance state, yeah, they, yeah. which is totally not it at all. It's just a very relaxed state. Right. So, yeah, so we're using that modality really. Yeah. Well, sorry if, if that question was kind of out of left field. I was just just putting it in my own experience there. <laughs> yes, no, it's it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um in the midst of all of your work with working with um yoga and naturopath and therapy and RGT and all of that, where do you personally find hope for your future and hope for life and hope for your clients even? Where do you find that? Yeah, I guess just from my past experience and how far I've come, I always had the the faith and belief that I could um, continue and overcome all obstacles. The one mm. part that I didn't mention was when I was 16, after going through all of my childhood trauma, I think it all kind of came to a head at that time. And I had a breakdown, which the doctors termed as acute adolescent psychosis. So it was a like a, a real breakdown that I had. And I kind of looked at that as like, you know what, I've gotten that out of the way now. And that won't happen again. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, you know, I've overcome such a huge obstacle. Now. And that led that led to a long term hospitalization, correct? Three months. Yeah. 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 So it was uh, yeah, really, really hard to go through that. It took me a long time to get back to myself and yeah and uh, get back uh, in 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 those years that are such formative years also but um yeah so going back to faith and belief um i i think that made me stronger to be able to move forward and i use a lot of uh i journal i I have a belief, I always had a belief that everything would always work out, that I would meet the right match for me and that I would, you know, have the things that I wanted. I use visualization and I have my clients use visualization mm -hmm. of writing down exactly what they want. It seemed to take a universe a long time to deliver my man, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he did finally arrive about two and a half years ago and uh, I just couldn't be happier in my life now living in a in a home in an area that I love. So yeah, I encourage my clients to never give up to believe in themselves. I, you know, bring a lot of belief and love to support them. I had a business coach, I think about eight years ago, who was the same way for me when I was just starting out as a naturopath. And I was so worried about, do I know enough? How can I help people? 
and he really believed in me and he helped me believe in myself. So that was also a real catalyst moment for me. So just using all these tools to believe that universe will deliver what we need. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not at the exact time that we want it, but if we keep on moving forward with faith and determination, we do get all the things that we want. Yeah. That's, I think that's so true that um, having belief in yourself and um, understanding what it is that you really need and want is so key. Yes. I don't want to end without um, talking about some of your other work with body typology. Um, So tell us a little bit about that. I'm curious. Yeah, it's an amazing way of eating. There are four different body types that we determine. It has to do with the glands. So either adrenal, pituitary, thyroid, or for the woman only, there's the gonad body type, which has to do with the ovaries. And nothing is wrong with those glands. It's just that one of them is working harder than the other, and the others are trying to catch up. So that creates an imbalance. And when you start eating the right foods at the right time for your body type, that balances the whole body and you feel so much better. All my clients tell me I have fewer cravings. My appetite is kept in check. I feel balanced. I feel better. Weight comes off more easily. So it works so well. It kind of works. Say someone's kind of slow in the morning, takes them a while to get going. You know, they need their coffee. That could indicate that their metabolism is slow. So they could do best by having a really small light breakfast, a medium lunch, and dinner would be the main meal of the day. That's when their metabolism is highest, and that's when they're going to burn it off most easily. And so some people think, well, I need to eat a big breakfast. And, you know, everyone says you need protein. But if they did that, they would actually gain more weight because it's exactly the opposite of what their body needs. So Mm -hmm. when I figure out someone's body type and give them the right tools the right foods to eat at the right time, they just feel so much better. And it's a way that you can eat because you feel so balanced and good eating that way, then you can sustain it long term. How do you go about finding out what uh, somebody's body type is? Yeah, I have um, a lot of questions I ask. There's different things like we look at their food cravings, their food preferences, where they tend to gain weight in their body. Um, Even their personality uh, plays a role. Um, Energy levels. Are they a night owl? Are they a morning person? Um, What kind of ailments do they tend to have? Um, So each body type has all their different uh, specific things. So I have them uh, fill in an intake form and just answering all those questions and looking at all those different aspects, I can figure out their body type. And how many times do you meet with a client, um, say, during the course of their figuring figuring the system out? Yeah, I often um, start with three months just because I find in order for them to implement all the changes that I ask them to do, it's best to have at least three months to implement the changes slowly that they can then sustain long term on their own. And also adding in now the RTT sessions to help them heal the emotional eating, the stress Mm -hmm. eating. So I find that works. And some after the three months choose to do another three months. Everyone is different in how much, uh, how long they want to work with me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I really uh, admire your work um, on working on the whole person, you know, heart, mind, body, soul, all all together and not just one segment of a person because it really to achieve transformation and to achieve um, who we're really meant to be, we have to address all of those pieces, right? 100%. Yeah, it's exactly what when I first started as a naturopath, it's like, okay, great, I have this body type eating program. But wait, if I can't help them heal holistically, body, mind and soul, it's not going to be long term. So really right. happy to add that in and all the tools that um, I use for myself to teach them as well. Right. So if people want to know more about RTT or about um, body typology, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, my website is easy to find bodytypology.com. So they can simply go there and uh, drop me a message through the site. And I'd be happy to jump on a free discovery call and tell them a little bit more about how I work. Great. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for spending time with me. And um, thank you for sharing your story. And uh, I just appreciate your being being willing to be a part of this podcast. It's a pleasure, Jill. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts today. You can follow Jill on social media on Facebook and Instagram, JillRiley.author, and Twitter, JillRileyAuthor. To contact Jill, email Jill at JillRiley.org.